today on Gifted Autonomy. We're talking creative empowerment, purpose, and collaboration with your feelings and your concerns. Be gifted, be enlightened, be a part of Gifted Autonomy. Hi everyone, so happy Saturday and welcome to another episode of Gifted Autonomy. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, make sure that you like and subscribe on Apple and Spotify to know the very exact moment that a new interview drops and we are dropping them multiple Saturdays out of a month. So just make sure that you're on the beat with that by subscribing or liking on Apple and Spotify And today, in particular, we have a very special guest, author and podcaster, Sierra Circe. I hope I'm I'm pronouncing Circe, pronouncing her name correctly. Please forgive me if not. Um, Sierra, we are glad to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm great, and I'm excited to be here. Okay, so let's get right into it with our first question. So give us some background about yourself and like how you grew up and how you stepped into your current role as an author and podcaster. We want to know it all. Okay. Well, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, Mm -hmm. and I grew up in the house with uh, my grandparents and my mom and cousins and sister. So it was a unique upbringing. Um, We were brought up in the church and... So that involved a lot of public speaking on my end. I would do the church announcements. Uh, Sometimes I would speak. I might do a speech for youth day or something like that. And that contributed a lot to me getting into podcasting because Mm -hmm. I was familiar with sharing my ideas. And that's how I ended up branching out and trying it and then as far as being an author it started when I was in elementary school we had a publication as a part of our English class which was called Bates Creates and every student would contribute to this book so you might write poems you might write a story you may draw pictures and they will publish it and every student would get a copy at the end of the year. So that's how I started out becoming an author. Okay. And it, it's interesting because it looks like we have some similarities there as far as um, speaking in the church. And that's kind of your first introduction to be able to speak and um Maybe I guess not be as nervous because you're yes. dealing with the crowd. <laughs> that's what I always <laughs> thought anyway. You're dealing with the crowd that's a little bit more accepting. Yes, like, for sure. They're not going <laughs> to yeah, boo me. So, okay, I can try stuff out here. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 very unique. And also um, your journey as an author, beginning in elementary school, because that kind of mirrors mine as well. So that's great. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. 
So we know that you do have your own successful podcast and you covered some some interesting topics that I would actually love for you to share. Um, but also tell us how you mesh those aspects as far as your podcast together with your writing. A lot of times before I do a podcast, it's something that I've journaled about. I'm really big on journaling, so I probably write every single day. <laughs> and a lot of the thoughts that I have, I just ended up putting them into a podcast. It's just, it's a lot easier, I think, to kind of talk in front, and I'm sure you know that as well, just to kind of go with your ideas. And that's how I connected too. Okay. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it really is. Um, I even, so my husband, sometimes he's on these with me as like a co-host and I've, I've been talking to him about doing a podcast for a couple of years and, mm -hmm. and at first he didn't want to want to do it. <laughs> but then when he, the first time he got on here and actually talked and, you know, like you said, you're able to express yourself and, um, you know, just create kind of a safe space for your thoughts and then have people come on and be able to relate to them and their stories. Like he, he completely loves it <laughs> now. So, yes, yeah. So I definitely understand that. So tell us about the inspiration behind your book and then your publishing journey, because I know when you when you get started talking about publishing, it's all different types of ideas. You, you find different things if you try to look up how to do it. And then, of course, self-publishing versus like the standard going through a standard publisher. So what was your journey like? Well, I first started trying to write a book in about 2015. And I wanted to write about my life experience, but I wanted to write about it as a fictional book because I didn't want people to know that it was my story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was taking me so long to write that book. Like you would, you wouldn't believe. And I think it was because I wasn't really being authentic like I wanted to tell a story without telling a story right mm -hmm. yeah and I had to just realize that it's okay to put myself out there it's okay if people know the story you know as much as I want to tell of it or as much mm -hmm. as I want to share of it it's okay to share it mm -hmm. and I started writing the book that I just published, I want to say early this year. And I just decided to write it almost as if it was just like one of my journals. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was just more authentic for me. Um, as far as the publishing piece and as far as the editing piece, that was another thing is like, okay, how am I going to find an editor? Yeah. And I believe that it was on TikTok that I found out about Fiverr. And mm -hmm. once I found out about Fiverr, I found an editor on there. And I ended up going the Amazon uh, KDP publishing, self-publishing route because it was just a lot easier. And I just kind of wanted to get it out there. I didn't want to go through the process of finding a publisher and you know all of those things that go along with it 
when I could do it myself. Mm -hmm. So I had someone create the cover for me from Fiverr. I also had made a cover myself, but I went with the cover that the creator made for me. And um, I just uploaded everything to Amazon KDP and that's how I became a published author. Okay. Um, so with Fiber, is that like a catalog of like, I guess, editing resources or like, like what is that exactly? <laughs> there are so many resources on it and I know I don't want to sound like I'm doing a Fiber commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, they might want to sponsor you after that. You never know. <laughs> so um, it is a platform where they have editing resources. Um, I've done a few podcast transcriptions on there because I also have a blog website. So um, I've heard that ways to get more listeners is by also having your podcast transcribed. So I've gotten podcast transcri transcriptions done there. I've gotten my cover created. Um, they also have logos and if you want your podcast art, I had someone do podcast art for me. So there's so many different things that it's basically like a task, like task rabbit or something like that, mm -hmm. where you can just, um, outsource jobs to people that want to do work for you and it's affordable too. Okay, that sounds good. It sounds like a, a one-stop shop. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah, and that's that's cool to learn about because I had never heard of that and maybe it'll be able to help somebody else that's trying to... For sure, um, because I'm one of those people that likes to be hands-on with everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm recording the podcast, I'm editing the podcast, I'm, I was transcribing it. Um, using Descript. I don't know if you heard of that. Mm -hmm. And doing the blog and, you know, regular job too and trying to write a book. It's like, girl, you cannot do everything. You got to outsource <laughs> some. <laughs> you yeah. got to get some help with some of these things. And I think it's difficult when you know how to do it all. It's like, you think you can. Yeah. But once I found that site, it really helped to take some of the pressure off. Okay. So how do you, since you brought that up, how do you balance, you know, and I'm, I'm always just interested to know because I have to do it and people do different methods to balance everything that they have mm -hmm. going on. So, you know, your, you know, your other job and then everything that you just stated, like, how do you balance those? Mm, that is a great question. <laughs> um. Sometimes I just, I really don't even know how I honestly do as much as I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but one thing is I like to get up early in the morning. Either I'm going to get up super early or I'm going to pull a late night. And mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say all nighter because I'm not one of those that can do all night. But <laughs> I can stay up until at least two or three. But you know... And I'm sure you know, being a creative person as well, you might get up at three o'clock in the morning with an idea. Yeah. You might get up at five o'clock in the morning with an idea. And I don't want to say that like I'm working 24 hours a day, but 
Um, yeah, one thing hard. that has helped me to kind of balance is working from home. This mm-hmm. past school year, I worked from home the entire year. I haven't been in the building since March 2020. So that has helped a lot because you know you can kind of multitask <laughs> yeah um and also i try to set a schedule or i try to set goals for that day just small goals like okay today i'm going to record and then maybe tomorrow i'll do the editing and the next day i'll post like i can't do everything in one day because i will try to push myself and say well, if I'm recording, I can edit it and publish, but it's a lot to try to do. So mm-hmm. I try to just set small goals for each day. That helps me to balance a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And and I had, I saw so many similarities with what you were saying. One thing is, is working from home. Um, it seems like you have more power over your time. That, that's mm-hmm. what I found. And while I can't, because I'm like a tech writer during the week, so I have like a lot of writing projects come in that have nothing to do with this podcast or like me being an author or anything like that. Right. Um, So just, and even balancing like your mental capacity Mm -hmm. to take on all of these tasks is hard. But I think working from home does allow you, you know, kind of multitask, be able to do other things. So while... You know, I'm still the brunt of my time is still going toward, you know, being a tech writer. At least mm-hmm. I'm not having that two hour or hour commute, you know, to come home. Yes, exactly. So you're still saving time somewhere. That's exactly what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how much time do we save by exactly. not going to the office or yeah. Mm-hmm. But just to dig a little bit deeper into the actual context of your novel. So tell us, you know, when you were writing Not in Vain, Reflections and Affirmations to Guide Our Journey Toward Healing and Self-Awareness, when you were writing this novel, what was your vision for it? Like, what did you want to accomplish? Well, my vision for the book was one, wanting to tell my story. That was part of it. And wanted to encourage other people because Mm -hmm. there's so many things that I've encountered in my lifetime that people would never even know because, you know, I don't try to bring those things to the forefront. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to tell my story so people can see why does this girl have this drive that she has? Like, why is she pushing <laughs> pushing so hard? And, you know, just to encourage them and let them know that, yes, we have a lot of negative experiences that might happen in our lives. Um, you know, I know one of the things that I went through was just grieving my grandmother. And it took me a year after her passing, you know, to really cope with it and I know a lot of people get stuck in that area because I've been there you know so I wanted to share my experience and how I was able to get through it and just I felt like the affirmation piece was really important because it gives the readers something that they can do every day and I know a lot of people like to start their day with affirmations or maybe even say them during the day like while they're out just a reminder of 
what you're capable of and, you know, who you are as a person. And that's where, you know, where my inspiration came from, just my experience and wanting to help others through their experiences and give them something that they can actually use on a daily basis to get them through. Okay. Sounds super interesting. And you said it's on Amazon, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. So kind of turning the page, do you feel like the arts or like creatives in general are supported in your area? And if not, what do you think can be done to support kind of underrepresented creatives or entrepreneurs? Well, I definitely think that art is underrepresented. I had of experience just like I shared earlier the fact that I was able to publish at such a young age in elementary school I mean even the kindergarten students were publishing just like short (laughs) you know a few line poetry or you know whatever but other besides that we had things like creative video we had um art class where we actually had a kiln in the classroom and we would make clay sculptures and we actually did woodwork where we had to carve out the wood and paint it and all of these different things that the projects that we did extensive projects and math we did tessellations and made t-shirts like those are things that I remember from fifth grade and below I was in the orchestra, played the violin, the viola, and I also was in the choir and sang alto. So just so many experiences that I had and they came through school. Yeah. And I think the focus now is so much on academics, like reading and math specifically, that a lot of schools have totally pulled the arts out and it's something that parents have to pay for after school if they want their students, you know, their children to be in dance or, you know, if they want them to have vocal training and things like that. And I think those things do need to be brought back in the schools. And I try to kind of use my platform um, to emphasize the need for that especially when I'm in those rooms with, you know, when I'm working with central office employees and things like that. And it's like, hey, I think we really need this. We need to bring this back. And even when I coach teachers, I try to help them to find ways to integrate arts, even in math and in reading, because that's what our teachers did, you know, as I was growing up. So I think that as creatives, if we can find some kind of way, I mean, even if it's a career day, to just show teachers and students how they can do all of these things. I mean, I think the students see it when they see, when they watch YouTube videos. Like I've had some of my students that wanted to have a YouTube channel and will record themselves like, I think the kids see the potential of it, but we got to help the adults to see the potential in it as well. It's not just like, oh, graduate, go to college, get a job. It's like, 
hey, there's other things that can be jobs too. Like I went to a concert a few days ago and one of the performers was Keiko Matsui. And I had heard her name, you know, plenty of times like growing up because my parents listened to jazz and, you know, things like that. But I had never seen her perform. And when I say that she was playing two instruments at once, and the first thing I thought about is, I wish that my students could see this. Like, I wish that teachers could see this and see like your students could be good at other things besides just reading and writing. You know, there's a whole (laughs) world of other occupations out here that I feel like our children need to see as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and what you just said was really a mouthful (laughs) because it it, it goes back to that because I've actually seen people you know, like people on the PTA and things of that nature. Um, and, and really it started years back of like arts not really being valued in the school. So they're mm-hmm. actually almost protesting, you know, we need this type of of, of curriculum in the schools. Yes. And it, it's funny you mentioned a career day because like I never hear people talking about career days anymore. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking, have they just completely removed those? <laughs> Right. Um, which is which is crazy because it does let you see um, my husband and I talk about that a lot it's so many different type of like jobs mm-hmm. you know creative jobs or even you know it's just all type of possibilities out there and you won't even really know they exist because where are you learning about them from I mean you I mean stuff that you don't even think is is like possible to be a job but it may be something that you may be interested in but I just the kids just aren't exposed to it so they don't really know the possibilities so I think like what you said is 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 very important. And then also like with the arts, because I like you said, I know you said you played the violin. So I played the violin, too, in the clarinet. Oh, so wow. it was like, yeah. we got <laughs> a lot in common. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it was because my mom, like she literally and I always joke about this. I played the piano, too. She literally tried to put me in everything that the school offered. Like, like, seriously, it's like, just yes. try it out, you know. To see what you like, I was I was in cheerleading. I did piano as well, um, and I feel like that stuff shaped my personality because it it yes. it brought something out of you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I feel like the kids, you know, if you just focus on academics, like you were saying, they they won't be really well rounded, right? In in any job field that they try to go in, exactly. you know. Oh my goodness! I mean, you really. <laughs> You really touched on something right there because it's like personality is part of every job that you work to, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you don't know, or like we talked about just our experience, even growing up in the church, Mm -hmm. a lot of kids may not grow up in the church now, you know, or the church is a lot different. Like it's more modernized. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they may not have all those youth days and the things that they used to have, you know, I don't. Mm -hmm. So um, they don't have a lot of those experiences, a lot of those opportunities, like a talent show, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, the last school I taught at, they didn't even have a talent show. Probably the last few schools didn't even have a talent show. Like, when do the kids have an opportunity to showcase the talents that they have? Yeah, You know, they need that outlet. They need that platform. And like you said, look at what we're doing now. 
you know, we're working multiple jobs. We have multiple careers. Mm -hmm. And it's because we had that well-rounded upbringing. Yeah. You know, the reason why we're able to multitask and do all the things that we're doing is because you're working those muscles in your brain. Like, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's helping you to produce and perform. If you're only Mm -hmm. working it to do certain tasks it's not going to expand the way that it should you know mm-hmm. yeah that's that's exactly right and I don't know many programs outside of schools I hear about like mentorship programs which are also mm-hmm. needed um, but I don't really hear about any kind of support the arts type you know organizations well at least not here mm-hmm. where I'm from so that's definitely something to touch. I mean, we're still in a position where we're trying to discover or, you know, find new ways to kind of collaborate with different. Cause my, my husband is also like an oil painting artist. So oh, wow. it's a gallery here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy, but it's a gallery here that he works with a lot. That's black owned, but outside of, of him and, you know, him doing his events and trying to interview, you know, different like African-American authors it's not really a, a ton of support even on that front. So now mm-hmm. we haven't even gotten to the, you know, kind of underrepresented um, minorities or kids, you know, mm-hmm. that may want some type of an outlet. Cause I don't know if it's any type of outlet for them. So like what you said is just like so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you guys got a lot of talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what projects, uh, we're excited to know, like what projects you're working on currently? As if I needed anything else to do. (laughs) (laughs) But I have added a YouTube channel (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. recently. So that's something that I'm working on, um, creating content for that. That's something new to me. And it's a little bit different from doing a podcast because like we talked about earlier, you know, on a podcast, you can just go and go just talk, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just conversation really. Mm -hmm. But YouTube, you know, you got to kind of act and stuff too. And I guess I'm kind of bringing in my teacher hat with that as well. But so I am working on my YouTube channel. I just been working on content, really Instagram reels, TikTok, and just kind of trying to um, get gain more listeners to my podcast through these other outlets. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, because um, I see people, I'm in a couple of podcast groups on Facebook, and I mm-hmm. always see people asking, you know, should I do like a video podcast or mm-hmm. would it be better to do an audio one or do like those in conjunction with each other? Mm-hmm. And people are really starch one way or the other like there's no in between so are you incorporating like your youtube into your podcast or is it like completely different elements well (laughs) something that i didn't mention okay so i also have an esthetician license (laughs) okay uh, (laughs) um so people always ask me for skincare tips and stuff like that as well Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, a podcast, you know, I can talk about skincare, but I can't really show them 
the products that I use and how to use them and like, you know, how I do my facial massages or so that was one thing that people were asking me for. A lot of people were, were asking me for a visual podcast or suggesting that I do a visual podcast. Mm-hmm. So initially I was just going to upload my podcast to YouTube. But then I started thinking, well, hey, I can incorporate the skincare portion with it. I can do um, my cooking because I love to cook too. So I put out some recipe videos, which did very well. Mm. And um, so it's a combination. And I don't want to be like too all over the place. So I kind of labeled it as lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing some vlogging on there. Um, and then I'm also posting like the shorts, which are the uh, shorter videos mm-hmm. where I can do like the skincare routines and um, like some of my tips. Because with my podcast, I try to leave tips at the end or structure it around tips like there's five tips or seven tips or whatever. So I may take some of the tips I gave in a podcast and turn it into a short on my YouTube channel or on mm-hmm. TikTok. So, or on Instagram reels, you know, there's so many platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing is trying to take the content from the podcast and some of my other talents and kind of integrate them. That's yeah. why I love that question that you asked me earlier. Like, how did how does all this stuff kind of piece together? Because mm-hmm. if you look at it one way, it'll be like, oh, girl, you all over the place. You <laughs> But if you look at it another way, it's like, OK, if you have all of these talents, then you can kind of put them on this one platform. And that's kind of how I see YouTube being that one platform where I can join everything together. Yeah. And I'm just completely astounded that you have time to do all of this. That is crazy. That is so crazy. <laughs> like that's 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 what amazes me the most. But yeah. it all sounds so interesting though. <laughs> and and I mean in conjunction with working like another job, like mm-hmm. that's that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big mm-hmm. deal. But I guess you like you said, like organization. It's key yeah, to yeah, doing that effectively. And I don't even consider myself to be the most organized. That's the funny thing. <laughs> but in some kind of way, like in my uh, unstructured organization, I managed to mm-hmm. do yeah. <laughs> all of these things. But I guess, I mean, I really make use of my time. I really mm-hmm. do. That's yeah. I think an important thing too is that you're passionate. You know, anytime mm-hmm. you're passionate about something, you'll make time, you know, right. to do it. Right. So I think that's a lot that goes into it too. Mm-hmm. But like talking about your podcast, um, do you have guests on your podcast? I have not had a guest yet. And okay. I love the fact that you have guests. I um have been thinking about having guests. But I've been thinking about more so saving that for the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But I have not had guests so far. If I were to have guests, I would love to have creatives um, that can talk about 
how they went through adversities and how it helped them to, you know, kind of what my book is based on, just like sharing those experiences and how it helped them to become the person that they are today. Mm-hmm. That's what what I could see, but I don't I don't foresee myself having guests anytime soon just because I already got a lot on my plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Cause that's that's a whole nother thing, like organizing. Yes. Um guests and you know, I'm not <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day, cause I, cause if if I like post, hey, I want to interview guests or whatever, and mm-hmm. I'll say I only need like one or two, you're still gonna get like 50 people on the post or right. people like emailing you, so you have to sort through all of those people. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I feel like I need a secretary or something. Yes, <laughs> respond to everybody, cause I'm not like I hate like feeling like people. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm being rude to them and just not responding, but it just mm-hmm. takes a long time in conjunction with like my regular job <laughs> during Ooh, the week. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, like that's like a whole nother thing. Right. Like, you're you just one person. And mm-hmm. I think with me not having any guests or anything, like it allows me to do a video whenever I want to, or to do a podcast whenever I want to. Yeah. Versus like having to actually schedule a person in and then we're trying to work around each other's schedules. And it's like, Okay, we don't really have no time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yes, exactly. my hat's off to you for being able to do this because you know I don't I don't think it's on my itinerary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you said, like like I said earlier, it's something that you have to be passionate about. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm just passionate about. I've just seen you know. With my husband and I being creatives and just trying to find, you know, different avenues, different outlets to to let people see your work and not so much like for monetary gain. We've talked about that before on here, but just I've had people and, and he's had people reach out to him and tell him, you know, this piece really made me feel this type of way. Mm-hmm. I had um, a poem that I written that a man of a completely different ethnicity, probably somewhere. I don't know where he was from, but I don't think it was from the U.S., but he wrote me saying that he uh, was thinking about suicide and he was oh, like, oh, this poem like really helped me, you know? And then like, I guess like three weeks ago, a lady from like Montana or something, I can't remember. Like she wrote me on Facebook saying, you know, I really can relate to your podcast, being a creative and trying mm-hmm. to make sure that, um, you know, just to stay motivated, you know, mm-hmm. even when you don't see like the numbers or whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. so that was really the purpose of this podcast, just to give those type of people a platform because you meet some very interesting people. But, you know, if you don't have a certain level of money or, you know, what people think is status or whatever, you know, their stuff may never get out there. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's my whole thing. As far as having people come on, it's just something I feel like I have to do. (laughs) And I thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to share our stories Mm -hmm. and to reach other people. Because without you doing this, like you said, we wouldn't really have that platform because you do have to have a certain status to get on certain Mm -hmm. shows or, you know, it's... Mm -hmm it's hard to find an opportunity where somebody is not charging you. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Like, yes. And I ran into that a couple of times where people mm-hmm. were like, yeah, you can come on. And it's not really, I mean, it, these aren't even really like the breakfast club or anything. Like these are just like regular, you know, people charging like 50 to $80. 
Like, I'll give you an hour and you come on here and talk about your book. And I'm just like, man, <laughs> like, I can make my own platform and have people come on here and talk exactly. you know, for free. Exactly. Like, I'm not trying to charge people $80 to come on this podcast. That's crazy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I could see if it was like a sponsorship where you were running a regular promotion, but just having a conversation with somebody and you charging that price for it. Like I had someone reach out to me as well and I met with her and everything, but it's like, yeah, for, um, if we do a video that, you know, we'll post it on our YouTube or whatever. And, but it was the same. It was just an interview Yeah, and it's $350 or, or more. And I'm like, yeah. You don't even have so. Of course, I'm doing my investigation. I'm like, you don't even have that many. Like, yes, nobody's watching these videos. Like, why would I pay? <laughs> Come on now. I mean, I guess people have to make money how they have to make it. But yeah. it's like, I don't. I'm just not. No. <laughs> no. But I'm with you. Like, it's more about the opportunity for me. Like, it's more about. Mm-hmm. Just the conversation that we're having right now and how much I'm learning from you and, you know, you talking about your husband and how you all, like, I'm taking in so many lessons just from having this conversation with you. Yeah. So, you know, why would you charge for something like that? It's just like. Yeah. And I think that's like (laughs) a a greater issue with like collaboration. Yeah. Like either people are really against it because they have like this competitive Mm-hmm. thing or they just it's it's all about like monetary gain it's not about mm-hmm. like the connections are building people up and and whatnot um right and that's yeah. that's unfortunate it really is mm-hmm. so what is the the mission and and goal of your podcast like what are the the typical topics i talk about so many things but i find myself talking a lot about relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's the Libra in me or <laughs> the romantic or whatever, but um, I do, I find myself talking a lot about relationships and not just, not just like dating relationships though, but I think people do like to hear me talking about that because whenever I have a relationship podcast, it's like, I'm always getting messages. <laughs> yeah um but yeah so I talk I talk about growth I talk about spirituality and you know nowadays I try to be very careful with that because people take that in a totally different direction Mm -hmm. but I make it clear I talk about God Jesus, like you gonna hear about the Bible, you gonna hear some scriptures, even yeah. if I don't say what chapter and verse, like yeah. I'm gonna tell you about what <laughs> what's mm-hmm. in there, just so you know. Like I do find myself connecting that a lot because that's what my upbringing is, yeah. and um, so it's a a huge part of who I am and just overall growth as a as a person like knowing when you're wrong like even with the book being self-aware knowing when you're wrong knowing that your decisions are not predicated upon a person like I can't blame this person for what I did I did that because me being an able-minded and you know able-bodied person like I made I actively made that decision 
I can't say, well, I did that because you did it. You know, yeah. that's what children do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we as adults can act like children and just like, you know, become stubborn and dig our feet into the sand. And I just talk about how that's not productive for you as a person. Like at some point you got to grow if you want to. And I know it's difficult because we have so many pictures in front of us that show us people that are immature and that have the money and have the fame. So people are like, well, I don't have to go through this process. Like I could just, like you Mm -hmm. said, be all about the money and, you know, step on people along the way. But I could do that. But how is that going to help me in the end? Like, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have this money, but I feel like that's why people end up in the end, like you said, committing suicide and things like that or turning to drugs and, you know, all of yeah. these different things because they end up being alone. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> part of what I hope to do is to show people that we all are on this earth for a reason and you weren't put on this earth by yourself. So we all need to try to work together the best way that we can. And if we we can accomplish more together than we can individually yeah yeah and that's a big thing and i'm happy that you're one of the people that is promoting that because Mm -hmm. to me it seems like in society today it's a lot of i can do this solo Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know and people like arguing and turning against each other Mm -hmm. particularly since you were talking about relationship relationships with men and women right Mm -hmm. so you have like men on one side or like mm-hmm. the representative of a man on one side and then the representative of a woman on the other side and they're just it's not it's not doing anything that benefits either it's really creating a divide because you just have people tearing down you know the other and so like on youtube and, and there have been like a lot of like relationship type um, i guess platforms i should say popping mm-hmm. up on youtube i don't know if you're familiar with janice hilton but no, she I've never heard of her she um i don't think she's really as well known um she's getting there but not quite but anyway she i i found her because she does like reviews of married at first sight which of course is a relationship show mm-hmm. but she also talks I love about that show too i'm a, <laughs> I am a huge fan of that show too. Oh i watch God. the bald and the beautiful that's the one that i watch to follow it yeah and i you, you know what i just learned about that one because they had the claire and ryan interview on there just watching the updated the latest yeah. response to it before I got on here. <laughs> really? I need to watch that. Yes, <laughs> yes we gotta go watch it. Oh my god, because I've been trying to find information about that for some days. Because <laughs> 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 it's just peculiar how it just went left in like, I don't know, like two weeks. But anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I like watching stuff like that where you know, they're talking about relationships based on, like you were saying, like kind of godly principles and like mm-hmm. the foundation of a relationship. And it's not like, you know, he did this, she did this, but more like, how can we work together yes. you know, um, to fix this? Because I think we need more of that or else, like, I don't know what society is going to do when, you know, everybody kind of turns against each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like no working together. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think, think that's we great. See it. 
I think we see what 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 happens when we do yeah. that right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much violence and just like you said, finger pointing and all of those things, and not enough unity. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I have to check out your podcast because that's stuff that I'm already interested in. Yeah, and when you do, please let me know what you think. Like, I'm always asking for feedback because I want, of course, the content, like, even though I'm doing it as kind of like a release, of course, and just, you know, my opinions and thoughts, but it's no good if people don't want to listen to it and, you know, respond to it. So let me know what you think when you check it out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Share, I want you to share some some learning experiences, both good and bad, mm-hmm. that you've gone through, you know, when, when creating your podcast and then also as an author. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll like share an example. So a learning experience that I went through, I know you said you went through Amazon KDP Publishing and mm-hmm. I did too for my first book. The second one I did through Barnes and Noble, but um, with Amazon, and this may be something that's completely my fault because I tell people this. And they're like, well, you could have changed the setting or something and changed it. Mm-hmm. But with Amazon, like I self-published and, you know, it was my first time doing it. I didn't really, I don't feel like I read enough up on it before I did it. It was mm-hmm. just because I've always just wanted to publish a book since I was like in fifth grade or whatever. Because I was okay, like, like me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was just like, you know, why not? Um, I had support from my husband. He was, uh, we were, I think, engaged at the time, but. Anyway, he convinced me to go ahead and do it. So I did. Um, It was fine. But one day I got on there and somebody like a third party seller was like selling my book. Mm. And I was like, how? At first I was like, how is this even possible? Mm -hmm. And of course I wrote Amazon and Amazon basically was like, well, ask the seller like to stop selling it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was like, write the seller, you know, um, just kind of figure it out with the seller or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I rate because I don't even know how that's possible. And then like, have, have they been making money? Like, I didn't even know how long it had been going on, but I did contact the seller and the seller just kind of backtracked out of it. They were like, we'll take it down. They never really mm-hmm. gave an explanation for how that happened. But I just felt like I was just like angry. Cause I didn't even know, you know, like people are really protective about their work. Yes. And like a book, like I, I know people third party sell like products or whatever, mm-hmm. but how do you third party sell a book? And how I is like it's probably drop them- ship or something like that? You know how people can like sell products that they don't even have now? Mm-hmm. I think it has something to do with that because I have seen mine pop up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like anything else. Like if you can get that ISBN number and, you know, I think that they're able to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's well, as far as Amazon is concerned, like you said, I think it is good for you to just kind of get your feet wet. Like if you want to just publish, cause that's the same way I felt just like you. I'm like, I just want to publish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably if I do it again, I may look into some other sources as well. So far, it's been okay. Of course, you know, it doesn't matter what platform you sell it on. You only are getting a percentage of the sales. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's something else that people don't know. It's like they think 
you know, you're getting all the money. Mm-hmm. Of course, I've had people ask me that too. Like, how much money? I'm like, uh, yeah. hello. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's been something I've learned. I've also learned one, one lesson is to cater to your audience. Like I said before, it's like, I need to know what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that my content is matching that. So I'm always like, I'm a data person too. That's part of who I am. So I'm always looking at my analytics and digging into it. Like how many minutes are people listening to? Which episodes that they like more than others? You know, what did I do differently in each episode? Like I'm constantly breaking things apart and you know, trying to create better content. Um, Mm -hmm. But another lesson that I think you learned, and I think we kind of touched on this along the way without touching on it, is that your audience is not coming from people that you know. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, like even small business owners, we look for our friends and family to support us. Like, and at first I wasn't even going to tell people like I published my book and I didn't even say anything to anybody that I knew Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, besides you know a friend and my dad and you know just specific people Mm -hmm. and then I'm like okay well it doesn't make any sense to keep it to yourself at the same time but I think I kind of just realized that my listeners don't come from people that I really know. Mm. Like when I look at my analytics, I'm getting listens in Kenya and Jamaica and, you know, all these other places in uh, the UK. It's listeners all over. Of course, there's people in the US too, but it's people in states I've never even been to, you know? So Mm. I know it's not people that I know. So I think that that's a lesson that you learn too is you want to share it with the people that, you know and love, of course, but you also want to make sure that you're sharing your work with others yeah. because that's where your your listeners are going to come from. That's where your supporters are going to come from. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, the man that messaged you from another country, a different ethnicity, and these people are interested in what we have to say. Like, yeah, you know, and so I think We have to be careful not to limit ourselves Mm -hmm. because there's so much like this world is huge (laughs) and there's plenty of people out there that will benefit from what we have to say, like what we're offering. So you want to make sure that you expand your reach, you know, promote yourself, you know, whether however you see that you're able to do that but just getting that work out there because you know that there's people that need to hear it Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely true and I know you mentioned analytics so which marketing tools have you found effective and and do you think social media plays a, a pretty vital role in your messaging Well, I just really use the tools that are available through social media and through now my my podcast is on Buzzsprout Mm -hmm. and it provides a lot of information, a lot more than I was getting from Anchor, which 
is where I was previously hosted. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of use those analytics. Um, I use my Instagram analytics. And as far as social media, I'm, (laughs) and I've been hearing a lot of people say this too, Mm -hmm. but once again, you see a lot of people like looking at your stories. They're looking at the content, but they're not clicking on the links. Yeah. So when I look at my analytics, I'm seeing like, for example, I just made a separate Instagram for my podcast and I only had like 20, you know, 20 something followers on it because I'm literally just building it. Mm -hmm. And then I start hearing other people saying, well, you need to just stick to your page because you are your brand. Mm. So stick to your personal page, which I know a lot of people want to privatize their personal page, but Mm. then, you know, publicize their business page. But some people are saying that it should be the other way around. And Mm. I even use Clubhouse. I know some people, you know, people don't use it as much anymore, but I had them, they were doing like free evaluations of your social media. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that the person told me. They were like, your, your followers, they like seeing you. Because every mm-hmm. time you post, you know, pictures of yourself, they like it. So mm-hmm. use yourself and then put your message. You know, every time you post something on Instagram, make sure you're putting like a story along with the picture. Like, you know how some people just put that quick caption. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning, add a story to your Instagram so that people are actually, you know, reading like, okay, this picture is here, but I'm reading about your podcast in the bottom, you know, so you're kind of psyching them out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm learning all types of things. So back to what I was saying about your followers, you know, and stuff not coming from you, not coming from people that you really know. So on this page, I just posted, I had put up a TikTok video and I wanted to see how I was going to do on the Instagram reels. Cause that's another thing is like trial and error. Mm-hmm. So I posted this pasta salad video and I mean, just the basic shrimp pasta salad. And I looked at my analytics. I'm like, Hold on a minute here. (laughs) When I tell you 24,000 people saw that video and I only had 20 followers on my page. And when I looked at the analytics, only nine of those followers had seen that video. So Mm. all the rest of those people didn't even come from people that were following me, you know, nothing. Mm. So that taught me something like, you know, that there's so many more people out here than you even think of. Like you're promoting to a certain group, but those hashtags are important. Yeah. Um, because it's pushing your material out to other people that mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily come in contact with it just from looking at your page. Yeah. Now, I haven't had another video do that well, but <laughs> I'm like, either people really like pasta salad or it's something I did in that video that I need to do on my other ones too. <laughs> or maybe it was the right time like it's so many different things when you know so many different factors yeah you don't you got to pinpoint exactly what was it was it the content was it 
how I presented it? Was it, you know, the visuals? Like, what was it that made them love that video and not the other one? So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of trial and error in this. Yeah. Business. And I think that's the, the struggle trying to hit the nail on the head to constantly reproduce that type mm -hmm. of um, engagement. Mm -hmm. But another thing, the thing that was super interesting that you were saying is about splitting the pages because people will tell you to, I hear this like a lot. They will tell you to create a separate page or whatever. Mm -hmm. And people do try to make those separate, like their personal page or their business page. I, I don't do that because, mm -hmm. and, it, and, and what you said is, is kind of crazy because it's what I do, but I never switched to a different one because it took me so long to build the amount of followers mm -hmm. <laughs> that I don't start over. Right. <laughs> so that, that's, that was what my issue was. But now that you're saying that, like, it makes me feel better because, you know, like when you do post, because it makes sense. Like people, you have to get people to feel comfortable, like investing in you mm -hmm. for them to actually you know, pursue your content and follow it and want to know when you're uploading episodes and stuff like that. So right. making sure you're garnering that, you know, first mm -hmm. makes sense. You got to try to make people like you, right. on, a, you know, exactly. on a 360 scale. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. But that I feel like that needs to be said more because you hear many more people saying, OK, create all of these separate business pages, mm -hmm. you know, so that makes a ton of sense. So what advice, what other advice, because that was good advice that you just gave, um, but what additional advice would you give to entrepreneurs or authors that may want to create a podcast for them to be successful? Um, my advice would be just to do it. Like so many times I know I did the same thing. It's like, oh, I don't have the equipment. I don't have the mic I need. I don't have the, you know, backdrop I need or what about the music or what about like the first podcast I did I just recorded straight from my phone and when I listen to it now I'm like girl I don't even think <laughs> I don't think I really put any editing effort into it or anything but it was like you know what I just got to get this message out there mm -hmm. that's just the way that I felt about it so I think just starting that's the main advice I would give and then the advice that someone gave to me that she has a very, very popular podcast and she's very well known. She's an author as well. And she's in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And the advice that she gave to me was be consistent and, you know, to be passionate about it, which I'm already very passionate. But like I mentioned earlier, with me having so many things that I was juggling I wasn't putting out as many episodes as I should. And that was causing me to not have as many listeners as I should have. Mm -hmm. Because she's like, well, if you've been going for a year, you should have, you know, a lot more listeners because of quarantine and, you know, all of that. And it's like, well, I was doing this. I was doing this. I was doing this. <laughs> she's like, you know what? You need to dedicate. Like, you got to figure out what you want. How far mm -hmm. do you want to take this? You know, if, if this is fine for you, then just stay there. But if it's not, then you're going to have to put some effort behind it. And she also told me how she um, 
was brave enough to quit, you know, quit her job and just take a full-time job. And I've been brave like that in the past, you know, mm-hmm. to make that big step. But I'm like, do I want to do that for a five? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know, so look, that's my advice is do what feels comfortable for you. You know, if you feel comfortable, like jumping all the way out there, some people jump all the way out there and, you know, they land perfectly. And then Mm -hmm. some people jump all the way out there and it's not as perfect of a landing, but they still have success and grow at their own pace, you know? Yeah. So move at your own pace do what feels comfortable for you but just start yeah yeah that's the important thing mm-hmm. and like you said it's not one way to get to a certain destination mm-hmm. like everybody has their own like niche or you mm-hmm. know way that may work for them right that's important so how do you measure impact or success is it like monetary or is it like Kind of what we talked about earlier, like if you feel like you are making a difference or mm-hmm. in somebody's life, life change from your content, like how do you, or is it a little bit of both? Well, <laughs> um, that's actually one of the sections in my book. So <laughs> oh, it, wow. it really is about how you measure success. Like one thing that I don't do is compare you know that's that's the thing that a lot of us do but i try to stay away from that i think sometimes it's human to be like oh well they got you know but i got but i really try to stay away from it and i heard this quote comparison is the thief of joy and i think Mm -hmm. that's so true like i try to only measure my success based on who I was before or what I did before and what I'm doing now. And then even still, it's like what I did before that was for that time. This is a different time. It's a different season, you know? So, um, I don't measure it with money because I'm not making it (laughs) (laughs) off of this. (laughs) No, once I start really doing like really, um, once I discover, like, once I hit that, what I'm trying to hit, you know, is mm-hmm. getting more people to see the book and getting more people to hear the podcast and all of that type of stuff. And like really taking advantage of those sponsorships, because the reason I moved my podcast to Buzzsprout was because of the number of sponsorships. But I haven't taken the time to like really, you know, apply for them and get them. And, you know, yeah. so I don't measure it by money, but when I get those messages, when I get those DMs, when I have people that are in their 60s telling me like, wow, you know, this really helped me because, and you know how once you hit 40, like it's like some people can't tell you nothing. You know, that's the kind of attitude that some people get. So if you have people that are in their 60s that are wanting to change and do things because of what they read or what they heard, it's like, wow, okay, I know I'm my purpose is being served. So that's the way that I look at it. Like if people are engaged, they're learning something from it, they're gaining something from it. That's enough, you know, for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Makes sense. <laughs> so what's the, in closing, closing up, what's the one thing you want our audience to know about you? Like, what would you want to leave with our listeners? Well, let me see. I have said so much, <laughs> yeah. but if it's like a selling point um, or I just want them to know that I know it's cliche probably, but anything is possible really. Like that's, that's how I live my life. Like, you know, you only fail at the chances that you don't take. Mm -hmm. So just take the chance, you know, step out there and be yourself, like be confident in who you are and when you walk into a room, you know, you don't walk into the room with your head down. You don't walk into the room like you don't belong there. It's like any place that I walk into, I belong, you know. I'm mm -hmm. So that's what I want to leave people with is just to like be confident and be who you are. Be authentic to yourself and then step out there and take those chances. Like if you have a dream that you want to achieve or a goal that you want to that forth then just do it act on it like don't make excuses about why you can't do it just do it yeah yeah that's some great advice it doesn't sound okay at all um how can our listeners find your work well i am on basically every platform with my podcast so you can find me on iHeartRadio. Pandora, Apple, Spotify, all the the major um, podcast platforms at C Simple Secrets Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> and <laughs> YouTube as well. And it's all CS, C's, and then Simple Secrets. That's the name for all of them. That was another trick or tip that I learned too, was to make all your social media the same. So it's easier for people to find you. So you can find me on all of those platforms at CS Simple Secrets. And then YouTube is C Simple Secrets Podcast. So that is where they can find me. Okay, sounds good. Hopefully everybody got that written down so they right. can <laughs> Like you said, it's easy though, because you, you know, kind of funnel mm -hmm. it all into one one name. So mm -hmm. it'll be easy for you guys to find her. Right. <laughs> check out her YouTube and podcast. Check out the book because it sounds super interesting. I know that's something that I'm going to do. Especially seeing as a couple of the questions, you know, were referenced in the book. That's just right. too big a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. Um, but and it, as well as all of the other coincidences of just like similarities in our I story, know, crazy. that was crazy that we have a lot in common. Yes, but I enjoy. We of course we enjoy having you on the show, and maybe we can have you back. You know, to talk about the new ventures that you have that coming would be up. Awesome! I enjoyed yeah. this as well. Thank you so much for inviting me in, accepting my. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> my application, so to speak. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's just not <laughs> everybody a platform. I would have everybody on here. It's just that you know, just trying to stay in line with that, helping you know underrepresented creative. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, I really yeah. do. Well, we thank everybody for listening to us today as well, for joining us. And for future episodes, you can, like I said earlier, follow and subscribe to Gifted Autonomy on Apple and Spotify. So you'll know when this episode drops and then all of our previous episodes are on there as well. And then the future episodes we have coming up next week and the week after that. And don't forget that you can purchase my second novel entitled Autoscopy at Barnes & Noble online. And you can also visit silverbrush.net to get beautiful prints and original artwork from my co-host Larry um, that you guys have met if you watch previous episodes. And until next time, we'll be signing off. So thank you, Sierra, once again for joining us. Thank you, Ashley. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.